1: Welcome to another episode of "Own Your Choices on Your Life," And today we are talking with mindset coach Michelle Champ. Michelle and I connected through another program with Jess Laser, and I absolutely, first off loved Michelle and loved her energy and loved the fact that we were in the same age bracket, which just was really kind of cool. But Michelle is this is just a really powerful episode, as she shares with us some of the major pivots that she made in her life, career-wise, family-wise personal-wise, personal personal development-wise. And she gives some really good analogies as far as how to make those shifts and how to see things differently and how to look at making that change and know that we are worthy of doing it. I think that was one of the most powerful things she said. It's like, I am worthy, period. It's not, I am worthy of X, Y, and Z. It's, I'm worthy, period. Learning to understand that as a female, 40s, 50s, as we are in a life process where we are almost being sandwiched on both ends, whether it's kids, teenagers, or it's parents that we're taking care of, a career that may be shifting, all of these things that are pivoting and changing at once. Yet we have the tools, and we are able to create the change that we are looking for in our lives. We just don't have to do it by yourself. And I think this is a really, really powerful episode that you will get some some great takeaways from as Michelle really teaches us how to learn to pivot to thrive in our lives so tell us where are you from i am from charleston
2: south carolina on the beach on the beach oh beautiful beautiful Um, do you like to read I love to read. I'm I'm obsessed with reading.
1: Are you? That's awesome. What What is probably the most impactful book you have ever read? So I have to say this first, um,
2: because of course there's many. But I laugh all the time. My 21 year old. I'm obsessed with self growth. You know, business and otherwise books. Like that is the only book I read. And my 21 year old, uh, Sophie, is an avid reader, but she does not read those kind of books, right? And so she's always like, "Mom, can you seriously read something that is like fake reading?" She calls it fake reading. Um, fake reading, because she loves to get lost in a really good book and a really good story. Um, so that's kind of the joke at our house is that I'm always doing fake reading, but. I would say there's, there's two books that really kind of just opened my world, changed my life on Audible, on repeat all the time is, and I know that you've read this book too, is
1: Rebecca Campbell's Rise, Sister Rise. right. you know what, it's, um, I, I, if you have not read that book and it, it's powerful, it really is. Um, her voice though on Audible, it just is, hmm. it's, I think for me is more impactful than the book. Um, have you read, um, listened to Love is the New, no, Light is, Light is the New Black? Is that what it is? From is that Rachel I her too? Mm-hmm. I haven't. Fantastic. Like, it's fantastic. I've listened to it twice already. Yeah. So. Oh. I, I am someone that, need, that uh,
2: needs, sometimes I need masculine energy type books, and other times I need really feminine energy type books, depending on the season of life that I am in. And so um, I have recommended Rebecca Campbell to so many women. And what's funny is unless you are in the place to receive the woo-woo and receive the feminine energy... I you know, people will come back to me and be like, what channel? Like, what is this book? <laughs> but but right, but I am definitely a little bit of an empath. And so she just feeds my soul on a whole level when I need it. And one of the um things that she said that I always remember is Um, oftentimes, like, life is calling us to step into something bigger, like, there's something rising inside of us to step into something bigger, and it feels really uncomfortable, and then she talks about, like, but be the container for that anyway, like, even though it's yeah, even though it's uncomfortable and we think we can't go there, like be the container for that anyway. Um, so that's one of them. And then the other one, I went to Lewis Howe's event, the Summit of Greatness, and one of the speakers that uh, was at the time was Kyle Cease. I love Kyle Cease. And he had... Look, we're so like on the same page. <laughs> uh, we probably have more in common than we even I know.
1: think so. I think so.
2: So uh, the illusion of money. I mean, just... You know what I love about Kyle Cease is he—he just speaks to me. He opens up my inner wisdom Mm -hmm. on a whole nother level and allows me to tap into
1: my inner wisdom, um, which is really hard for all of us, right? Oh, it's so hard for us. He has another book too. Um, and it was an earlier book and it's on, so on Audible because I love his voice too. He's right hysterical. Oh, he's just I'm like dying laughing listening to it. He has another book too. And I can't, of course, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's it's phenomenal. And it's funny you say that because we obviously do have more in common than you think. Because I've mentioned Rebecca Campbell and Kyle Sees to People and they've listened to it and they're like, what? It, what? Like they just didn't get, so I think you've made a great point there. I'm going to come back to that is the fact that you have to be in the space of receiving new information, right? We can't just like consume, consume, consume and read. It has to be like, are we receiving it? Are we taking it in? Are we doing something with it? If we're not in that space, then no, there's some of these transformational speakers. It's just not going to land. Well, and then you think too, like, I know both you and I have been through, especially at
2: this age of life, right? We've been through some major challenges and crisis yes. in life. Yes. And oftentimes I wonder if you have to have reached a crisis or a major challenge in life in order to truly understand on a deep level that the, the, the higher power, the universe, God, whoever it is for anybody, right? Right. Is always co-creating with us if we would allow it. But unless you've hit that crisis or that challenge, oftentimes perhaps like you, you're just not in a place to really realize that if you would just surrender that
1: there's somebody co-creating with you. I love that message, and you know we're gonna come back to that because that's exactly it. You can fight the process over and over. We're seeing that right now with um, with COVID and with what's happening and you know it's a really we can choose to fight it every step of the way or we can choose how we respond to it and that's not something that everybody does and i think if you do think that way we forget that's not how everyone thinks it's really not how everyone looks at things and thinks yeah exactly it's learned learned. yeah yeah awesome um favorite quote Mm.
2: There's too many quotes in life, right? And I can never, to be honest, I can never even remember quotes. Um, But so I will say that my favorite saying, it's really more of a saying that I have said at my house and with my friends. Um, And I don't know if I heard it or if it's something I made up, but I often say we are all working on something. And so for me, that is like, it just reminds myself. And whenever I'm in conversation, it comes up. If somebody is, And, you know, my husband and I will get in, like, don't we all do this with, like, um, our relatives or, like, we're like, why does he do it that way? Like, I totally don't get, like, why would you make that decision? And you start to have that conversation about loved ones or people that you really care about. And it's because you see higher potential in a human, right? And you're frustrated because you can see the potential in them that they oftentimes can't see in themselves. And so at the end of those conversations, I'm always like, well, you know what? good reminder, we're all working on something because it reminds me to meet people where they're at in this moment and, and recognize their greatness in this moment, instead of focusing on the potential that could be, um, right. Because it's like, just like, Hey, none of us are perfect. We're all working on
1: something. It's, it's, and it's not for us to call what we think a person should. I mean, it's great to believe in people. That's not saying that But it's a case of, I used to say to my kids, and I use it even with clients with, it's it's like, I'm not here to push or pull you. Like that is not my, I can see amazing things in you and I can help the poor belief into you, but I'm not here to push or pull you. Like you have to want to do, and sometimes people don't want to create that change and that's okay. Right. Like it's, and that's, it's a challenge sometimes because you can see something in them and you know that they can do more, but that's not for us to call. Yeah. And it allows, it allows you to love people right where they're
2: at instead of focusing on their faults, you know, the, I, I do have an amazing, um, acquaintance mentor. If you're not already following her, her name's Karen Kenny, and she's this beautiful light worker with an amazing Boston accent and her backstory, her crisis, um, challenging is when she was 12 years old. Her mother was brutally murdered and she has gone on to just powerfully be a light worker because of that situation that happened in her life. Boston accent, And she's hysterical, lover to death. But Kieran Kenny one time said um, to me, and this is kind of the other quote, if you will, that I've always remembered, which is um, expectations of others is really just premeditated resentment. I'm sure sure you've heard that. And I just,
1: just, yeah. yeah, Expectations are just they're They're just, you just, like, like There's no point in having them. And I did a whole podcast on standards versus expectations because I was really, I mean, I'm the person who puts massive expectations on myself. Like It's ridiculous sometimes. And then um, I did some research to understand and re- really like expectations are all future based. They're all based on where we think we're going and what we're predicting will happen, which, hello, we have zero control over. So right. we actually can't, there's no expectation that we can set because we have zero control over it. But a standard is raising our own standards of what we we how we choose to perform, how we choose to show up. What are my standards? My standards are that I take care of my health. My standards are that I eat well. My standards are that I I, I practice sleep. So those are standards. I just found that really interesting because every time you use the word expectation, you're going to get into trouble. It's just going to lead you in a good direction. I like that. Yeah, it, that that has well. I did that research for myself to be completely honest because I needed to shift how I was thinking. And the word expectation brings up a lot for a lot of people. Like it's definitely a challenging, it's a challenging word. So I just have worked to strip it from my language. <laughs> just like totally gone. It <laughs> totally gone. Every time I say it, I'm like, no. What's your standard, Marsha? What's your standard? And that's me, right? It's my anchor. I need this age-driven people that we are. Oh, we do need it. Are you kidding? We absolutely do. The reason that we know some of these things is because we are the ones that are working through it all the time. Do you have a mentor? And it can be somebody that you know, don't know, met, not met, somebody who has impacted your life. Mm, I mean, I feel like you already know the answer to this perhaps,
2: but I really because it's just so in the moment for me in the last year. Yeah. Um, and that's Jess Glazer. Um, it's interesting, you know, I've had different coaches in the past and all of who were showed up in my life clearly at the right time that I was ready to receive their, whatever I was ready to receive at that moment. Right. Um, and so I don't know what it is about Jess, but she just, has this tough love about her that I need. She kind of like kicks you in the, you know, the rear end a little bit when you need it, but she does it in a very authentic human vulnerable way. And she she just inspires me to be a better human, Mm -hmm. truly. So I, she's impacted my business. So on the business side, she's impacted my business. Like no other human has before, Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I feel very grateful. And then, gosh, you know, like I probably have several. And then the other one that really comes to mind as you ask that question is I did have a high school coach, track and cross country coach in high school, who really called me out on what was important and what wasn't important. And you know, when you're in your 20s, you're worried about what you look like and what other people think. And she saw some of that limiting beliefs in myself before I ever saw it Mm -hmm. and would call me out on it constantly. And really, I think was a key player in not only having me work harder, right, through sports, but also um, reminded me to always show up authentically human.
1: Mm -hmm. And I feel like she was a good mentor for that. That's awesome. I love that, that you have mentors from different, I think we all do. I mean, I can remember some high school teachers that were just, they, they, they shaped me hundred percent yeah. and, and helped me, but it's also, I love what you said. And I think this is why I can relate so much is that I always seek out coaches who they're not going to be like, mm-hmm. like, cheerleader, you can do it. You can do it. It's more about like, let's break down what's not working and let's help you to find the answer and get to work. And I mm-hmm. couldn't agree more. I think Jess is just phenomenal at that. There's a reason she's had the success that she has. She yeah. pours her heart into her people. And I hope your ears are burning right now, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: think, I think for me, I my biggest challenge, my a couple of biggest challenges for me in, in the past has been I spend a little bit too much time. It's something I'm always working on is the land, what I like to call the land of Hem and Haw, mm-hmm. right? The land of Hem and Haw. Yeah. Ooh, that's a very, there's a lot of people that live there. <laughs> yes. And so sometimes I live in the land for a week, a month. And then, you know, before I got divorced, I lived in that land for years, years. So the bigger the decision, the tougher the decision, you know you're in the land of and Haw. And what I love about Jess is when you bring something to the table of, I want to do this, I'm working on this, this is my dream or goal. She will literally be like, okay, so Monday then is when you're going to have that to me and I can review it. And you're like, oh my God, Monday. I didn't say Monday. I wasn't ready to
1: cross the fence of the land of and (laughs) Haw. So that is what I love about her is she like holds you to stuff. Mm-hmm. No, I, can t- I couldn't agree more. I absolutely yeah. couldn't agree more. So what lights you up the most? What is something that drives you?
2: Mm, what is something that drives me? I would say now that I have lived some life, right, at this age, I turned 50 this year. and um, Same age. Woo, yeah, I have lived some life. I think what drives me is a few years ago when I had a major pivot in 2016 with what was laying on my heart was I knew I was made for more and ultimately it landed me into where I'm at right now with mindset coaching. I finally realized that in order for women to step into their power, Mm
1: -hmm. which
2: is my total mission and goal is because when, if all women, I truly believe this at my, my core, if all women were to step into their power, Mm -hmm. their unique power, we would heal the world Mm -hmm. on, a whole nother level. And it's like, there are so many different parts of, on a a local, regional, global level that are waiting, just waiting for women to step into their unique power. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. And I think I'm so passionate about that because it took me so long to step into my own power. And, um, and I think, having hopped the line or whatever you want to call it, like stepping into my power and, and knowing how I felt and showed up before and after is so different that, Hey, if I'm supposed to be the voice to inspire and empower other women to do the same, then bring it like, that's what lights me up. That's what makes me like so passionate to wake up and do my job every day.
1: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. So you know we're going to dive into. I just have these visuals right now that I I can't. I I, I I'm absolutely loving it. So we're living in the land of hum, of heaven hawk. We're Hem living ha. there, living there for a while, right? <laughs> yes. And yet we've got this fence over here that we can jump to find to step into our power anytime we want. Yeah, it's right there anytime we. It's not an electric fence. It, okay, good. Not not barbed wire. We can, okay, good. So it's there. Sometimes we probably don't even see the fence. We just see this big open field of like, we have no choices. We have no options. This is where we are. You know, many people, I've been there myself many times where it's like, this is all I've got. This is what it is. And then all of a sudden you have that little like glimmer of thought going, no, there's got to be more than this. There has to be more. But I don't see the fence. I don't see where to go. I don't see what to do next. So take us to point where you said 2016, you have this moment where you're, you are not in a good spot. You're in this land. And what happens?
2: (laughs) You know, sometimes it's hard to go back to that actual moment. And I know for me personally, like I'm always, you know, in the past, I was always looking for the puzzle piece. Mm -hmm. Like I was looking for the how I was like, Ooh, if I just listen to one more podcast, I read one more book, I validate myself, but with one more person, like I'm going to find the answer Mm -hmm. of how to get, how to find the fence in the land of him and ha, Right. And jump over it. Like that's all I have to do. I have to consume more information. And I think, you know, when I take myself back, I just got to this place where, and I, and now I journal daily. I used to only journal like once a week or whatever, but I'm so, so the number one reason I love to journal is because if you go back and reread your journal, like if you, let's say it's a Sunday morning and have you ever done this where you go back and reread like six months of, it's like, oh my gosh, the answer that I need now, I just found in my journal. Mm -hmm. And when you're writing it at the time, you don't realize that you have the answer Mm -hmm. until you reread it. And you, you never remember what happens in your life, right? So having a journal is just awesome because you forget so much of what happens slash the answers are all there. And I'm kind of going all over the place. You're good. You're
1: good. But
2: um, what was I going to say? How to, how to get out of the land of him and hop. So So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Journal. Yeah. So that, I think that moment for me was one of the moments was like, I know I'm made for more. It's an inner stirring. I don't even know overly what that means. Yes, I did. It was in there. But at the time I was saying to myself, like, I don't even know what that means, but like, I'm just ready to go on a self journey to figure it out. And then all of a sudden it's almost like you just announced to once again, you know, I will use this, the universe, like, okay, I'm ready to co-create with you is almost what that is. Like, I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what it is, but like, I just got to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And it's like the universe all of a sudden drops things into your life. And so for me, what happened is I had a coworker, which at the time I wanted out of my career desperately. He was actually like my, um, it was kind of, anyway, I don't, not a boss, but like a mentor person. And without even knowing, he sends me a, a YouTube video of Mel Robbins. Right. And I'd never heard of her at the time. And this is 2016. I'd never heard of her. And I watch it and I'm like, whoa, like resonate big time because she's my age. She's a mom. And I just love people that are hysterically funny and authentically human. They just show up however they are, they could care less. And I'm like, yes, like I love this woman. And so that led me to get on her email list to follow her. It also led me to a course that she offered that she no longer offers, but it's, it was called the power of you. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And that was my first like gaining clarity, confidence and courage is what the whole course was about. It was a three month course with about 2000 other people all over internationally around the world, which is kind of cool. And um, it just really allowed me to understand what my made for more was. And it took me on a journey. And I think that's for most people, they feel like pivoting and hopping over that fence is very black and white. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it is a journey. Um, you know, it's like, imagine hopping the fence in slow motion. That is the pivot. I feel like out of the land.
1: <laughs> I realized <and> <laughs> because I can think of myself, hopping the fence, yet I'm carrying all this stuff from, like, past that you you just have to learn how to let go of because you can't carry that with you. It's actually not meant Exactly. To to fence. Exactly. So for my
2: career pivot in 2016, um, that is how that looks for me personally, is it was a process, but it really started with me letting go and just making a decision that I'm so tired of being here in this land, mm-hmm. you know, and like I don't know what that looks like, but I just gotta take back tiny action steps and do something about
1: it because I'm, t- you know, life's good, but I'm made for more. Oh, I love that goosebumps! And yeah. there's so much conviction in how you say that. Like there's so much conviction in how you say that. I, mean, I think for I think for a lot of women, especially
2: when like you have your health, perhaps you have a good partner in life, um, your kids are healthy, they're happy, they're educated you live in a nice house in a nice neighborhood like you have a car that you get to drive wherever right like it it the foundation you're like life's good i'm happy what's wrong with me mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like it's just because you were made for more and you're not in alignment
1: with what that is it's it's like you're and it's it's sometimes it's like 6 degrees off you've got this but you're not in alignment over here. And yeah. I found a quote last week that I shared that I'm gonna it's not gonna say it right, but it I mean it was commented and shared so many times because I just broke up it laughing. It's like sometimes getting into alignment with what you're meant to do is kind of like trying to bath a cat. It's not, it's not like <laughs> right. I still laugh when I th- I I spit my water out when I when I read it. I couldn't stop laughing. And I went, oh, that's why. See, we think alignment is this beautiful, easy space that we're just going to make a decision and it's just going to work out over here. And it's not, it's not easy. And sometimes though, I think, I think as you talk about the land of the um, hum and High, just we love that. <laughs> love it. But you're here for so long that sometimes it's like the decisions to make that and it's really difficult. And then all of a sudden when you do, sometimes you end up with the universe is like, right here's the sign. It's like, oh crap. I just, okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah. There have been times where I was like, okay maybe I'm not meant to do this. This is, I get frustrated. And I'm like, if you just like, I know, I know in my gut I'm meant to, but it's challenging. And then what do I do next? And literally within the hour, in pops a message into my inbox to somebody that I don't know and is asking about something X, Y, Z. I'm like, okay, okay. Got it. I got it. Like I got your message. I got the message. So you have to be open to receiving them too. I think you're, so do you know what I tell
2: my clients too all the time? And this is so true. And I'm amazed at how many people, toxic people and situations and things that aren't good for us that we hang on to for so long, for so many reasons, out of habit, comfort zone, all the things. And I tell my clients all the time, I'm like, people actually should vibrate out of your life. They should, you weren't meant to, like there's some people in your life you weren't meant to be with forever, right? They were there for a reason or a season. And once you start to allow everything that's not working for you to vibrate out, it opens up space Mm -hmm. for the right people in the right rooms and the right situations to step into your life. But if your life is full of all these things, there's like no room for the goodness to come in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like when people, when, you know, start to pivot and they get out of that land of him and ha it's like, that's the first thing is like, start to clean up what's no longer working for you.
1: Right. Do you you find and you see it with? the, I think I agree. Do you do you find with yourself or with clients that, like, when things aren't going great or you have these things that are not in alignment, that we as humans have this uh, ability to shove more into our life so that we almost don't have to deal with what's not working. So we make ourselves busier. We add more to it. We throw more on our plate. So we have overwhelm and really at the end of the day, it's like, if we could clear out more space, we could actually see more clearly, but it's scary to have to admit that, you know what, this whole part of my life is actually not working right now. Right. It's so scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're doing it to ourselves. Like we're doing it for ourselves. Totally. So you have this major pivot in your work life and then in your personal life as well. So, yeah, so that my my personal pivot came before
2: my work pivot. Okay. So mm-hmm. my my personal pivot came in 2008. So I had been married um, to my first husband, had two littles at home, and it was a bad relationship. Um, you know, so I can say these things because we actually are... We are acquaintances. We are friends. Like okay, I would say, friends. But yeah. we do we co-parent very well together, oh. and um, and we get along very well. And we can. It's been so many years. Like we have both grown. But if I'm going to take you back to that moment, it was a very toxic, toxic marriage, mm-hmm. um, and. I was a completely different person back then, you know, obviously as we all change, but yeah, that was, I had a two-year-old and like a five-year-old at the time, two girls and the marriage had become so toxic. It was starting to affect my children. Mm-hmm. And so I had to kind of leave, um, around dinnertime one night and stay in a hotel and, um, put a different name down so nobody would find me. And then, that situation ended up in having a restraining order and wow. being an entrepreneur. As at the time I was a photographer, um, had a photography business, did not make a lot of money. And uh, yeah, I, I, I spent days where, you know, my seven year old or six year old at the time would say, you know, mom, when do we get to go to the grocery store again? Because there would be like peanut butter, chocolate milk, and bread for toast and that's it, you know? Oh, wow. um, so some really like, crushing moments, but it's definitely the foundation that builds me of wearing them today.
1: Yeah. So what, what do you think is one of the number one things you learned from that time? Ooh, I mean, for me personally, I was raised to be
2: the good girl, the people pleaser, mm-hmm. the rural follower. Um, and so I definitely learned strong boundaries for myself mm-hmm. and what I, you know, speaking up for myself I would say would be the biggest
1: thing that I learned. Good for you, because I do find that is something that women um, really do struggle with, like speaking up and saying what they want. And sometimes they don't practice saying what they want. So when they actually have a chance to, I, I don't know, because it's like they just don't trust their voice. They don't use it. They don't listen to what the gut is saying. So they, they actually don't know what they want. They just know what they have maybe isn't working.
2: Yeah. So the first time you set boundaries for yourself and you had just like what you said and you haven't, it feels like you actually did something wrong to the other person. You and just the balance of everyone else. When you do that. Meanwhile, you've been, you should have done it for years, but right. But you're like, it feels uncomfortable. And that's so sad, but it does. It feels uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, girl, once you set those boundaries, right. It's like,
1: it's a whole new life waiting. It's, and I said that to a client last week. I'm like, you're so close. You're so close. I'm telling you, when you decide to cross that line and you actually set them and go forward, when you really understand your boundaries, you're going to, you're going to ask yourself, why did I not do this years ago?
2: And I think the other thing too, that um, I would remind everybody listening is if you are dealing with a gaslighter person, a really toxic person or a really toxic situation, I don't care if it's a partner, a spouse, a coworker, a neighbor. Right, that lives next door to you, no matter who it is, the situation. Remind yourself that you're gonna to have to use a really short boundary setting statement that you can memorize super quick in the heat of the moment, because when you're in the heat of the moment, your brain doesn't think quick. So you need a boundary setting statement to memorize quick. And I can give you like one or two examples, but that it worked for me. That with toxic people, you might have to say it 20 times
1: within an hour. Before they're going to be like, okay, she's serious or they, or they might never believe or understand what you're saying. And that doesn't matter.
2: But you have to keep showing up and saying it and just don't get flustered. Um, because toxic situations and people operate completely different than the rest
1: of us. I love that. Do you have one that you could share with us? I have one that I use all the time, but okay. Um, So of course, yeah. So my favorite is, as soon as you can
2: speak to me like an adult, we will further this conversation. Mm. Hang up, walk away, don't text. I love that. And if they come back defensive, you know, like, well, and you just repeat it. As soon as you can talk to me like an adult, we'll further this conversation. So I'm going to go, I'm going to hang up now
1: and you can hang up. See, I, so for any of you who have younger kids, we're kind of, you're subconsciously getting some tips right here. But one (laughs) of the things that, one of the things that I've always learned, and I, I wish I would have learned it a long time ago and I use it in everything now is that say less, say less. So when you have a toxic person who is, Trying to like stir it up, and they're almost like trying to hook you in and pull the less you say. And so, what Michelle said is beautiful of just having that statement. For me, it's that's not my choice, that's your choice. It's not my choice. I like that. And I, 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 that would, if you look at all of my entire platform, it's all based on your choice. And it's literally like that's not my choice. You, that's your choice. You get to have your choice. That's the cool thing about life, you get to have yours but your choice is leading you wherever you're going. If you don't like it, make a different choice. Just make Mm -hmm. it totally not stuck, right? No one's stuck. And so that, that helps. But I love that you said that because yes, boundaries are when you come up with some kind of statement or anchor that you can use so that when you meet those toxic people, it's, you know, how to respond, you practice how to respond so you're going to love this. I, I My homework from one of my clients
2: was boundary setting statements. And she came back with the following, try uh, try again. She just said, I now say, can you try that again? Try again. Nope.
1: Try again. And I'm like, I love that. Just that's a good one. That's a <laughs> that doesn't good. work for me. Try again. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good one. That's a, And I think whatever one you come up with, as long as you have conviction that you can say it. Yeah, I feel comfortable with it makes all the difference. Yeah, oh, I absolutely thank you for sharing that with us. I want to ask you too um, because you've had some big pivots, and obviously, we're going to get to that in a second because you like that's literally what you do with your program is yeah. helping people with pivots in their life. Is you made mention earlier about like the masculine and feminine energy, mm-hmm. so. I'm going to guess as, as a whole, I could be wrong, but I'm going to guess that in the, in the early stages, like you were very masculine, like very strong, masculine. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I'm like shaking my head over here. You have some conversations off like video because <laughs> you and I are very similar. <laughs> so where, like, where did all of this sudden, like you say, you can't allow the feminine energy in until you open to receive it. How did you get to a space of receiving, of being like, maybe I should look at something differently. Maybe I should listen to something. Or did you all of a sudden listen to like a Rebecca Campbell book and your brain says, oh, I wasn't even looking at it this way. How, what was that process like? Because I know like we need the masculine energy. We absolutely need that. That's what drives us. But we can't live on that forever. Like that is just it. We burn out. Yeah. So you know what's
2: interesting? So I'm actually not, um, my next, like I'm always wanting to evolve and grow. And my next area of learning is actually in the whole research and concept and everything as much knowledge as possible behind masculine, feminine energy, because I am not well-versed in it no. to the to the level that I would love to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested in it's intriguing. What I have read though, and now it relates so much to that time of my life is when you are with a... Um, you know, partner in life um, in my situation, and they're not standing, they're not balanced in their math. Like if you have a man in your life, your partner, um, who's not balanced in their, and I guess it doesn't have to be a manager partner, either woman or man, but you, you, they're not balanced in their masculine energy, then you have to compensate for that to make a situation work. And so if somebody's not standing in their masculine energy balanced, then it's like, it forces you to go out of balance, to compensate for, right? And so that's how you, that's how a driven women who deep down, we have that in us and we have to rise. And often as mamas, we really feel like we have to rise to that occasion. And so we don't even like get in touch with our feminine energy. And then it like almost goes away and we are, we wake up exhausted. But to answer your question this might be way too woo woo for some of the listeners, but I, um, for me personally, I, you know, here I am in the land of him and ha, and I knew, like, I knew I needed to leave that marriage. I knew it. Mm-hmm. It was scary as f, right? Oh, sure. And I had littles at home, and deep down, I saw the potential in this man. Like deep down, I saw it, and I was just like, well, if he could only just do X, Y, and Z right? He'd be the man for me. And um, and how unfair, looking back at that, like, why does somebody else have to change who they are to be who we need them they to shouldn't. be? They right. shouldn't, right? And so once again, those expectations that I was putting on somebody else. But um, there was this moment where he had some anger management issues and there was this moment that he unleashed them on my four-year-old and she was like hyperventilating crying and we, she goes up to her bunk beds and like slams her door and to make a long story short, I was like, how about we read a chapter? I mean, she's hyperventilating crying. I was like, how about we read a chapter book until you calm down? She's four. And so she's like, yeah, that'd be, you know, she shakes her head. Yes. And so I start reading and so I swear to you, and no one has to believe this, but I look at her like nose to nose and a man's voice comes out of her mouth and says basically everything I was feeling. I just feel like I'm walking on eggshells and I never know which person I'm going to get when I walk in the door. if I'm going to get the nice version or the mean version. And like, it was just everything that I thought, well, a four-year-old can't say those kind of words. No. Okay. No. And it truly was like, it, my God moment yeah. of yeah. like, whoa, if you can't like have the boldness and stand up for yourself and show up for yourself, do it for your girls. hundred percent. And that was my moment of like, I knew then I was on a journey
1: to figure out how the heck do you leave somebody you love? I, how so- do you do that? It's that is really, really powerful. And I thank you for sharing that. Cause I know that that's a, a, difficult moment, but I knew there was a turning point and, um, you, you also chose to listen to it, right? You chose to say, I don't even understand exactly what this means, but I know that this is something trying to tell me something. I've had moments where I've had, and I've shared it on this podcast, I've had moments where I, have I know there's been a voice. I know it's been a clear as day voice. Sometimes saying something as simple, stop, stop what you're doing. Yeah. And what do you mean stop? Like, how can I just, how do I stop this cycle of what's happening? But it was powerful. And all of a sudden you kind of have to be at a point in life where you're like, okay, I've been doing it this way for all, as far as I know. I'm not moving. I'm not changing. It's only getting worse. What if I? there's another option? What if I need to listen to the signs that are coming to me? And it is scary. Absolutely. It's scary. But I mean, I commend you because that's a that's a huge thing to lean into, listen to. And it was the start of the growth journey that you're on now. Yeah. And you know what I think too, like I'm, I'm no angel either, right?
2: There's two sides to every story. And I think after you do the deep work too, um, I tell everybody this, that if you were to ask my, if you were to get my ex-husband and my current husband in the same room together and say, what are the top three things that drive you crazy about Michelle? They'd be the same (laughs) things, you know, we are who we are. And so we do bring stuff to the table. So Um, it's just, how does that other person respect it, handle it, you know, deal with you, interact with you. It's just that.
1: And so, yeah, anyway, you you said I mean right from the very beginning when you talked about how you know your spouse your significant other whatever wherever they sit if they're not in a balanced space like we carry so much now we're gonna get into real we carry so much from us generation to generation and you know if it's a case where um, the spouse has been told to like don't cry don't show emotion don't show tears like it's just stone half the time then then that's hard because then maybe you compensate trying to you know more feminine more energy and so it's a challenge if you're in two different spaces like that and i i always say that you know how a couple works is like two holes have to come together two very broken pieces don't make one Mm. they just don't and i i've said it for us like because there's many times we almost didn't make it when we were dealing with stuff with our kids And we, it's like, no, we have, we have this mental agreement. Like you do what you need to be the best version of you. No questions asked. I will do the same thing. Now we have a chance to bring two more whole parts together. Yeah. And it's becoming
2: aware of sometimes you're broken and sometimes you're whole and it's recognizing like, Hey, I'm seeing a broken piece right now. Like we need to work on this in order to become whole again. It's not like work that it's, it's work. That's always
1: there. Always. always, Yeah. Always. I so you've learned a lot of this through your own life. And this is why I always talk about like that our past life stories are lead us to what we're meant to be teaching because we've lived it. We know it. It's not we we don't have to think a whole time. We do know it. So tell us a little bit about your program and what you do with women. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Perfect. So
2: I have a course, it's called the empire blueprint and it's a 12 week course. It's a group coaching um, course. And it's really meant for women over 40, not that all my clients are over 40, but um, it's meant for women over 40 who are really ready to step into their second act in life, like really reinvent themselves. They knew they were made for more really redesign their purpose and step into that second act. And my program walks these women through, what I like to call navigating the messy waters of a pivot. Um, Like you're kayaking. I'm a visual person. Like you're kayaking, you're whitewater rafting, you know, this pivot. And like, how do you navigate all those big boulders and those, you know, things that are going to come your way while you're running a multifaceted life? Because nine times out of 10, if you're over the age of forty you've got a lot of different areas in your life it's not just that you're pivoting in your career it's that you're dealing with teenagers and maybe older parents and you know your husband has a job or maybe he travels or you know whatever you've got so much going on um so how do you actually go for what you want in life right your second act in life all while keeping (laughs) your empire running so that is my course and i have to share um because we started this conversation out with the importance of like letting go, right? And trusting. And I had started my coaching business in 2017, I believe. Um, and there was a, a time where my husband had to switch jobs it actually last year in 2000, early 2019. And due to what he was doing, he said, Michelle, I basically need you to almost be like a quote unquote 1950s housewife, which I know you don't want to be, but like, I need your support in these different areas of our life, which made me step out of my coaching business for a lot longer than I thought it was going to, but I accepted the path. And I was like, okay, this kind of sucks. I don't want to step out of my coaching business, but this is the path I'm on. And Out of that came the name, The Empire Blueprint, because people would ask me, like, so what are you doing now? And I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm just running my empire over here, like doing all the things. And I was saying it out of frustration because I really wanted to be showing up and coaching full time. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, I like that because I feel like I run an empire too over here. (laughs) And I'm like... This sassy pissed off term is now like the name of my course. So my point <laughs> the thing you resented the thing you were pissed off about is now the name. I love it. I love yeah, it. so you know that's like a like let go and let life lead you because had I not gone down that path and resisted
1: it, I would have never even created this course. So Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. It's a great, I have loved the name since I heard it. I just think it's a, it's a fantastic name. Where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about it? Where can they reach you? Yeah. So two ways. I mean, it depends if you're an Instagram
2: person then um, my Instagram handle is my name. So it's Michelle with no E on the end dash champ uh, screws everybody else up, but it's, uh, Michelle champ is Instagram. Um, and if you're looking to pivot in my bio is a link for a free pivot checklist that yeah. you can do to pivot. And then if you're more of a Facebook person, then, uh, probably the easiest way to find me is a Facebook page called pivot and thrive. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just all a fun group of women that we share resources and tips and pivoting in life. And there's speaker series and
1: challenges and all different kinds of things. we do, do right. I just joined your group. Oh, okay. okay. yeah, Yeah. I, I just see you on there. Yeah. yeah. No, I just joined. I loved it. Um, I love the idea. I love that. Which I need to have you on for as a speaker for sure. I love that. Yes. <laughs> I'd love to help you with that. See, the power of collaboration, people. This is what it's all about. It's not doing it by yourself. Yes. I just, I like it because um, to me, maybe just me personally, you're one of the people that I have seen calling out this like over 40, let's mm. just. Because we, you and I are very much exposed in the coaching realm right now. And it's fantastic. There's a lot of people, I would even say, like under 30, under 35. And it's, and they're wonderful, and amazing, love them all, but it's really nice to connect with somebody and see that there is this, um, movement of over 40 going, okay, wait, I actually do want more and I do want to create more and wait, like you do too. So I'm not alone. Like, this is cool. Like, yeah. this is cool. This is it. So I think it's, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. I got excited when I found out you were my same age. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, so did I. We had our birthdays the same time this year. Did you have, you didn't have a COVID birthday, did you? Yours was before COVID. Like two weeks before two quarantine. Weeks. I barely yeah. got in. Well, mine was very much uh, like the heart of COVID. So it was like I my poor husband was just saying, like, I, I can't, I don't even know what to do. I can't order anything. I because everything was backlogged. We can't go out for dinner. There's like nothing. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Like, it, and I actually was okay because there really wasn't, it wasn't that he wasn't doing anything. There was literally nothing you could do. Exactly. Nothing. And so he arranged the drive-by by my house. And that was like early, it was April 2nd. So there hadn't been a lot of them. And I, I like blown away. And to me, have so like was one of the best birthdays ever. It was so exciting. Yeah. I was so, so excited. Yeah, except he screwed up that video, and um, the poor guy took a picture instead of a video of the whole thing. So I was like, "What?" And then he did like a major save. Here goes a little pump up for Brad. He did a major save. He was, he figured out how to pull it off of our nest camera, and he pulled the whole recording uh-huh. down, edited it, and then and then gave it to me, which was great. Hey, okay, that's I think a smart man. That's okay. a story. Yeah. Um, as I stood there, I'm like, I'm so thankful for what you did for You didn't record it. Like, we can't do a do over. <laughs> Poor guy. But he did. And I have this great video with the, like it's from a distance because it's from the house, too. So you get to see all the cars and see everybody and hear it. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So, anyways, long and short, sorry, you just all got to be part of our tangent uptrend this year. I was I was excited when I saw that. But yeah, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, um, so I have a couple quick questions for you. Okay, I hope leave. I'm ready. Do you, <laughs> of course, you're ready. Of course, you're ready. What impact do you want to leave on the world? What impact, do you want to leave? Mm-hmm. what impact do I want to leave?
2: I would say the impact I want to leave the most is to empower women, all women of all ages, to. Confidently show up authentically how they are. Like, mm-hmm. just show up authentic and get over all the caring what other people think.
1: Yeah, that is such a powerful, powerful lesson, and not an easy one to learn. But again, once you do learn it, you're like, why was I doing it any other way? Why was I mean, it we we were in a, we were in a, a
2: cute little like you know we live right on the beach and um, Shim Creek is this area here that's you know the, the boats can pull right up into the restaurants and that kind of thing. And oh, we're just, nice. I know we're this cute little, like, um, it's called muddies and Shim Creek here and our younger children love it. And so we're at the the bar and I turned to my stepdaughter and I said, and we're all like, kind of like looking cute, dressed up, whatever. And I see her looking around and I said, Hey, question. I said, we were, I don't know how the topic got started, but it was about like caring what other people think. Right. And I said, I'm going to guess in this moment, you're thinking, you know, does my outfit look okay? Like, do I look okay? Like, I wonder what those people are thinking over there or, you know, like, what am I going to do with my life? Am I, you know, cause she's just graduated college and you know, what's next for her. And she's like, yeah, exactly. And I said, and have you noticed anybody at the sitting at the bar? And there were lots of like men and women said, you know, younger people. And she's like, no. And I said, do you know what they're thinking sitting there? I wonder if I look okay. I wonder if my makeup's right. I wonder if that, you know, cute boy over there even notices me. Like we're all thinking all of of worrying about ourselves and thinking other people are thinking about us, but they're not. So if there's one lesson I could teach you in your twenties that I so wish I didn't waste so much time on. Years. <laughs> years. It would be that because nobody cares. No. Nope
1: they yeah. don't care we well because you can think about how often we are so concerned consumed about ourselves like not in the ego way but just we're so we're so worried about what others think yeah but everybody's doing the exact same thing in some exact same form. thing yeah but yeah.
2: somehow you reach midlife and you're like you get it and you're like yes, oh, yes i finally get it
1: he's <laughs> taking some of the lessons i think oh god i could use this one like 20 years ago Okay. <laughs> i wasn't there yet and that's okay, right? That's yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah. So then this might lead into what lesson in life are you most grateful for?
2: Mm, what lesson in life am I most grateful for? That I am worthy. Mm, truly. It's been, that's been, a um, I hustled for my worth for so damn long and, uh, Truly believing at my core and working on my self love story, Mm -hmm. I am
1: worthy. Period. Just period. There's a period. Do you understand how much more powerful that is? Not I am worthy of, or I am worthy like of this situation, of these circumstances. I'm just worthy. Yeah. I love that you said that. Period. Absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yep. You you have dropped so many nuggets on us. Uh, I, good. I'm good. Yeah. Oh, it's been great. Honestly, it's been great. So many nuggets that I know will be takeaways for our listeners and for myself. So I can't wait to re listen to this one. But I just want to thank you for being here today. Mm, yeah. okay. thank, thank you, so Marsha. Honestly, such a pleasure. And um, if you are over forty and you're listening and you're thinking there, I think there is actually more for me. There is there always is. Even if you're happy with where you are, there's still always more that we can achieve and do and reach and experience. And if you really, really want to learn how to pivot and thrive, I strongly encourage you to reach out and connect with Michelle. Mm. Thank
0: you so much, Michelle. You're welcome. Have a great day, everyone. All right. Thanks.